I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. KFI AM640, you're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeart Radio app. On the radio for one until four after four. Join the throngs and hordes that are listening to the show all day and night. Uh, John and Ken On Demand, the podcast, same show. How uh, dare you call our listeners hordes? Hordes. They're just it's uh, too close to the other word. They're hordes and throngs. Horde. <laughs> Boy, and there's also hoarding, like people who are hoarders. We have some of those in the audience. Yeah, sure. Those words are also close together. Yes, that's a great. Also, a reminder, the exciting news is tomorrow, the Moist Line returns. People look forward to this all week, John. Don't you know that? I do. So the day is finally still, here. Still some room. There it, is, In yes. the Moist Line Motel. You were just told that? Yes. <laughs> I know. He's, he jumps right on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, give uh, Eric Sklar something to do. <laughs> well, he needs, so, he needs material. Uh, that's right. Uh, go to the iHeartRadio app and connect with the Moist Line through the little microphone icon, the John and Ken section, or call the toll-free number, which has been there for decades. What was it? one eight seven seven moist 86 one 664 7886 we got a lot to get to today. Next hour, we're going to talk about van lords. <clears throat> van lords. It's a good one, huh? Next uh, hour versus, or, or versus, three? Oh, I'm sorry. Is it three? That's okay, what I, I got. Thought, I thought it was two o'clock. All right, three o'clock. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's Tracy uh, Park coming on? Yes. Yes, you're right. It's three o'clock. Uh, to take off on land... Lords, you get it? Anyway, it's people, got a lot to do with the vagrants are, who live out of their vans. Yeah, huh? but people are, are, are buying vans, uh, I'm sorry, buying RVs and renting them out to vagrants. 
Oh, yeah. This, and parking them in residential, parking right. in residential areas. Oh, I just drove past the, I don't know how you pronounce it, Bayona wetlands, I've now heard. Like the two L's are like a wise, Bayona. Oh, yeah. anyway, I just drove past there a couple times in the last week. Oh, it is so horrific. What I can't understand, too, is a lot of cars. They're all just parked along there. And if you didn't know, you drive by and think, what is there a stadium back there or a big park? Why are all these people parked there like it's, uh, they're just up on the grass? Well, well, but, uh, and I guess there's people in these RVs. Yeah, like they're vans. tailgating. They're tailgating. Oh, yeah, that, that's like, what it looks before like. Before a football game? Yeah. yeah, well, because they have chairs out and, you know, they've got uh, like propane heaters uh, to cook with. I never see people. And, I just see all the parked vehicles. I've yet to see people. Have you noticed that? Even though a lot of them have furnishings outside to sit on. I, ha- I never see, I guess they're all passed out. Inside, Inside, right? right. I think that's where they are. They've all overdosed on heroin. (laughs) They're passed out in their old beat-up RVs and vans. People. God. Anyway, she'll be on at 3 o'clock to talk about van lords and what they're doing here and their culpability in this homeless problem, particularly with these RVs and vans that just park on the streets. Well, we're going to begin uh, with a relic. The El Segundo Times has had a columnist who covers the state capitol for, John, what, 70 years? Uh, George Skelton. He, uh, when California achieved statehood in 1850, George Skelton was there. He was the first reporter there to cover it. He was the first reporter to cover it. He was was there with his uh, uh, stone tablet. That's right. A chisel. (laughs) A chisel. Ready to take notes. They would pass the stone tablet around. Well, he did a good one today. A really good column about the reparations not that the Democrats in Sacramento are caught with. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they are such a bunch of phonies. And the headline is they ought to tell us clearly, where do they stand on reparations for slavery in California? Specifically, what do they think we should pay out if we should pay out anything? And I think he's right. Uh, The report's been sent. uh, And uh, it says here the report will be sent to the state capitol by July 1st from the California Reparations Task Force. But uh, what he tried to figure out is where some of these hacks a stand on this. Uh, mm. And one thing that really jumps out was a Pew Research Center nationwide poll conducted in November. 68% of adults oppose paying descendants of slaves in some way. 30% support it. Okay, so that is a big loser of an issue, isn't it? Two-thirds say no. Right. And they looked at ethnic groups, and only 18% of white people approved of reparations. And those are the white, woke, wealthy women wallowing in their guilt. Uh, so 18% of white people, 33% of Asians, 39% of Latinos. So you lose all the demographic groups except for black Californians or actually black Americans. This is the whole country, yeah, right? uh, 70, 77% favored the idea, right, which you which, might expect. Yes, um, but, but nobody else does. And uh, in Sacramento, mostly these representatives represent everybody else because... In California, blacks are only six and a half percent of the population. Right. So, if which if, means most of their constituents would not benefit right. from any reparations. So, but but Democrats in California and and nationally have historically manipulated black voters by pandering to them on issues that they have no intention of following through on. And this is case number one. This is at the top of the pyramid here. Trust me, there are hardly any Democrats in Sacramento, unless they come from majority black districts, 
that are going to vote for reparations. Or Did you read the quote? Skelton got one influential Sacramento Democrat to tell him, but not by name, I'm a hard no. When asked whether I could quote him, he said, oh, sure. And then they'll call me a big racist and get all kinds of crap. See, There's the hard truth see right how, there. See how scared they are of the act. You cannot name me, right? Yeah, don't name me. I'll be called a racist. In other words, he's afraid actually to publicly lay out the rational reasons for not approving reparations. Starting with, we have no money for this. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and you know the hint? The report is due July 1st. The budget's going to be passed by June 30th. Do you mm-hmm. see the timing is? Yeah. So there'll be nothing this year in this coming budget and, for and, reparations. And that was, that was a good way to punt. And that was designed by Newsom and the Democratic legislators. They are the ones who created the California Reparations Task Force. In 2020. <laughs> yeah, and they set the date as uh, July 1st. Uh, so that's right. So if, when the report comes, oh, well, we'll have to consider this for next year's budget. Thanks. Because if they set it for June 1st, then there'd be 30 days of haggling with people going through the budget and saying, well, why don't we get some money from here? Why don't we get some money from there? Why are you spending money on that? That money should be for reparations. Exactly. So conveniently, they waited until July 1st. Budget's passed. It's now history. And by the time we get to the next budget being passed, June 30th, of 2024, it's a year-old issue that no one's going to pay attention to. And I am telling you, I don't know how many black listeners we have who would vote for Gavin Newsom, but he if, if you thought he was actually going to get you a reparations check, he completely played you and manipulated you. That's what the Democratic legislators do, and they figure, oh, you're going to vote for us anyway. It doesn't matter. You know, so we'll we'll just we'll just pump up uh, their enthusiasm, p- get their loyalty, and they are never ever ever going to give anybody a dollar for reparations. They are I total. Love, I love the quote he got from another relic, this Steve Maviglio, a Democratic oh, political he, consultant. Quote: Democrats need to tread carefully on this one. There needs to be an aggressive educational component about the recommendations to overcome voter skepticism that's been reflected in the polling so far. Wow, that's a long way of saying uh, people don't want this. You know? And it's going to take a hard, weird sell. Slavery was never legal in the state of California, not for a day. Slavery, uh, 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 California was never part of the Confederacy. Well. Right? This, this was a Southern issue. It wasn't a California issue. State Senator Steve Bradford, who we threw in the dumpster, didn't we? From Gardena. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Says, John, to that, that dog does not hunt. My, my dog hunts. We were a free state in name only, he said. Southerners brought their slaves here, and California did nothing about it. We had no laws to make it a crime. Then uh, you go after those Southern families, since they <laughs> own the slaves. And 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 uh, uh, the, the, the idea that I have to pay because a law wasn't enforced, I can name uh, to Steve Bradford about 100 laws that are not being enforced right now. How, about, how, how, how about, many were as evil and as horrible and morally stinky as a slavery though you're just talking about laws that the homeless violate <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about all the uh how about reparations for all the people who victimized by uh, thieves and burglars how about reparations for all the wasted tax money that have that, that have gone down the toilet even I, bradford oh, sounds oh. half-hearted in this oh, oh. his quote is i'd like to see something in this year's budget but the budget reflects our values if it's not in the budget it doesn't exist why, tell me why i'm responsible coming from new jersey 
My family's from Poland. Tell me why I'm responsible for uh, Southerners that moved here and broke the law and had slaves in 1850. Now, it, it connect that, all right? If, that, if that's some moral wrong, why am I responsible for it? Well, what I keep reading as I read these stories sort of between the lines, everyone keeps saying, oh, it doesn't have to be cash reparations. That isn't all we're talking about. Well, that's so, not what the report said. <laughs> I know, but they can pick and choose from whatever the report has in it. And one thing that looks like it's getting popular is free college tuition, but that would only be for a segment of the black population that's going to college, right? So that's, I don't know that that would really serve that, what, what the activists and uh, Bradford wants. And but, you, know, you know what? You can't have a race-based benefit like that. That's unconstitutional. You can't oh, you to give all, to give yes, free college state t- tuition based to uh, on just color. a racial group. No, right. that would be like giving it to white people and, and not blacks. It's the same constitution. These issues cut both ways. That's why Skelton goes back and says, "Yeah, California used to give out free college tuition to everybody until we uh, pulled the plug on it in the seventies. Well, that that's that's a good argument for uh, since we paid all our taxes, why don't our kids get a free state education? We certainly pay enough in taxes." Again, why does the money go for all kinds of nonsense? We're, we were this week. We were, they were talking about giving uh, illegal aliens unemployment. If that right. money's burning a hole in Newsom's pocket, they he ought to send it towards uh, yeah. education. But anyway, you, if you think, if anybody thinks they're ever going to convince a majority of even Californians to pay for something that was done in 1850 when it wasn't even legal, a handful relatively compared to the population we have today, it's never going to happen. So stop, stop this. All you're doing is aggravating people. All right. When we come back, well, this one came out of left field. Another call for reparations of a sort by activists. And it involves land underneath Dodger Stadium. What? Johnny Kent Show, KFI a- AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Once you open this door. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio, 1 till 4 after 4 o'clock. Listen uh, to the Johnny Ken podcast, Johnny Ken on demand on the iHeart app. Well, we're talking about the R word, reparations, as you said just before we went to break. Once you open that door, it can get long and deep, vast. You go down a rabbit hole. A uh, bit of a surprise story, and probably many people were not aware of this. But uh, when the Dodgers came to California from Brooklyn years ago, there was no Dodger Stadium, so they had to build them one. Well, really what happened in the early 50s, well before the Dodgers moved, the city of L.A. began displacing residents of communities called Palo Verde, La Loma, and Bishop through voluntary purchases and eminent domain. They were going to build a housing project in the area, allegedly affordable housing. Look at that, John. Back in the 1950s, they were talking affordable housing. It was never built. (laughs) Of course it was Eventually, (laughs) they decided the land was great for Dodger Stadium. And uh, the team acquired the deed to the land, the condition that the team build a stadium with capacity for at least 50,000 people. Well, what we are looking at today under the topic of reparations is what about those 300 families that were displaced from the area? And if you look at some of the photos, some of them strongly protested. In fact, the last of the families was forcefully evicted by sheriff's deputies in May of 1959. One woman was photographed being carried out of her home by deputies. An I, article in the Times back then said, uh, described the scene as a long skirmish. You know something? I, I cannot stand this torrent of emotional stories. 
everyone, let's say, I guess they don't teach this in school. The concept of eminent domain has been around forever. It means it the, has. The government, I know many people back east when I lived there who lost properties because they wanted to build highways or something. Schools? Yeah, if, I don't know. If the government has some uh, public works project, that, and, and sometimes even a private project, uh, they can take your land as long as they compensate you. And compensation was offered to everybody in this neighborhood. That's the breaks. They needed a place to put Dodger Stadium. That was going to bring tremendous amount of money into Los Angeles. Uh, create really a huge boost to the economy. Lots of jobs. Lots of and tax revenue. The Times points out that many did sell their land to the city. Okay. There were just now, some holdouts. There's a few holdouts because you 300 uh, homes, you're going to have a, a few nuts. Right? A few crazy people. Well, I mean, it's understandable if you've lived in a home for like 30 years. To the point where you don't want to move. You're being dragged out kicking and screaming? Well, it shouldn't come to that. No. No. And that's a crazy person. So whoever this was that they're trying to sanctify was a crazy person. Well, now we have Buried Under the Blue, founded in 2018, a nonprofit that seeks to raise awareness about the history of the displacement of these residents. So it brings us back... to the concept of reparations. No. Uh, no. You know what you know what I'm, I'm you know what I'm really fed up with? Do people ever enjoy their present life and then work to make their present life better? Or is everything always looking at the past to what other people who are now dead did? To, uh, the victims are dead, the perpetrators are dead. What is the point of this? We know human nature sucks. Human nature is terrible. Well, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that, uh, and this is all the Chavez Ravine area, the Dodgers are a wealthy ball club, so um, yeah, may, so, maybe something will come of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's maybe what that's it, possible. It, it's opportunistic. I am sure there are some opportunistic lawyers involved who are going to get their uh, 10% or 30% or 40% out of this. And that's what's driving this. The idea well, that 60-plus years later, you're owed money, th- your relatives are dead. And, and as you said, they were compensated. And they were compensated. Now and someone's that, going to say, oh, they were given dirt now, cheap, like nothing for their homes. Now, if you want to get rid of eminent domain... Then you have to get the legislature yeah, get the to, laws changed and the government. You know, that's how we do it in a democracy. Right now, the last time democracy addressed this issue, it permitted eminent domain. You want to get rid of it. That's a lot of work. huh? You're going to have to convince a significant percentage of the public, a majority or more, right. to get rid of it. But this idea that you're just going to stand there and complain and whine over a decision made in 1958. Really? The story really takes a turn. Leaders of Buried Under the Blue have also met with descendants of indigenous tribes that once lived in the L.A. Basin. In a true land-back effort, they say land should be returned to the indigenous groups who were the first occupants. Wow. Well, that'll take us down quite a (laughs) a deep descent if we try to do that. Look, uh, so will the Dodgers give back uh, the stadium land? Yeah, the can, Dodgers. Can they actually pick up the stadium and move it somewhere? So the that, Dodgers announced today that they are giving up Dodger Stadium. Sure, that's that's what they're going to do. I, I mean, it's, I think it's, instead people would take uh, money. Do you know at some point compensation? At some point, uh, these stories are over with. What's happened has happened. Decisions were made. Everyone involved is dead. Maybe we wouldn't make those same decisions today. 
or maybe we would. Eminent domain is still used to build uh, all kinds of public works projects. I mean, look what they're doing up north. They're, uh, they're, they're destroying people's private lands to build high-speed rail. I mean, at least Dodger Stadium has been useful. And, and if you notice, Dodgers, Dodgers now have a, have a very large Hispanic fan base. Well, they I, covered that in this New York Times story, saying it took decades until Fernando came along to heal the wounds of taking the land. Yeah, but even for, it didn't change until Fernando said some professor yeah, at the University and, of Illinois, and that's forty-two years ago. Yes. Okay. I mean, we we are really going way back in history on all these stories. You can't correct what's been done. I I, I mean, I, I find this preposterous. Why don't you get up tomorrow morning and do something for tomorrow, Friday? Do but something if you good come for from your the life. perspective that this nation is a imperialistic, racist land-grabbing history, yeah, well, they do want to undo yeah, and some that, of what was done. And that's humanity. Show me a nation in the world who did not barge in on somebody else and try to take their land. And that's try what to ex- the wars ex- were about. Yeah, right? f- find me. Find me one nation in Asia, Europe, Africa, North, South America. One nation that didn't flex its muscles and try to boss other people. That is human nature, and that's going to continue for the rest of eternity. And you can't go back in time and clean up all those messes because the people who did it are dead. All right, we got more coming up. It's the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM640. Yeah, and tomorrow is Moist Line Friday, so uh, we're still beating the drum for some calls. Are you allowed to say that anymore, beating the drum? I think so, yes. Why? Does I don't know what's offensive or what's not. I mean, all the old cliches. and Does that offend uh, drummers? Musicians? It could be. I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, you could use the iHeartRadio app to connect to the Moist line, the microphone icon, or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Can I read one quick, happy letter that Deborah got? A letter? Oh, fact, one paragraph. One paragraph. Uh, well, you know, she she was trashed by a listener a couple I, of weeks I, I'm ago. always amazed that there are actual physical letters still coming well, into the station. Not only a, a letter, but this... An email is so much faster. This though. this was uh, typed on a real typewriter. Okay, so this is an ancient. Uh, dear Deborah, earlier this week I heard you reading on air the letter from a disgruntled listener who had nothing good to say about your voice. There are probably many of us who still find your voice the most crystal clear and musical of all the newscasters... Be proud of it. Oh, she typed that herself. Oh, and, I don't and, have a typewriter, Ken. Uh, Teresa. You, you borrowed one from the old newsroom. And and she she also <laughs> does artworks, and she sent uh, Deborah some uh, artworks. Sign Mildred. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> Born <what> a- <laughs> 1900. <laughs> All right, that's very nice. Crystal clear and musical. I know. That's she delivers nice. these to you knowing you'll read them, so <laughs> it's sure, the whole plot. I, yeah, yeah, right. Well, you have to be balanced, Ken, right? As soon so as I read came in, one. she goes, look what I got in the mail. Yeah, oh, but he, then we had several emails and, that came in, and we read they were all nice to you, remember? So yeah, we already no. balanced this out. No, now I just thought, doing? no, this one I thought was funny because there was a return address. That was the only reason I opened it. And Why don't you go bring her a cake, then? Well, it ha- would have to <laughs> a be vegan. A vegan cake. He doesn't do well, that. One, one, one of the no, ar- you could do that since this lady was nice. I assume it's a woman, do we know? Yes, yes Teresa. Right, Teresa, so... Deborah, you got her address. I'm going to visit her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but thank you, Teresa. That was very sweet of you. Well, it's good that you're back, although you missed a great animal story yesterday. I kept watching the video last night. There was a, either a police chase or something at the end, you know, when the police officers make you get out of the car with your hands up and eventually have to lie down on the road. Well, one of the two guys had a little doggy. And it was it was it was leashed, but it was kind of just walking around and it kept following the guy. And eventually, when the guy laid splat on the uh, street, it hopped up on his back and just kind of sat there. Oh, that's so sweet. It was adorable. It was like Aww. I just thought of you right away. I was like, oh, she would love this, even though it was a tense arrest situation. Right. But now, but, <laughs> the cops were kind of puzzled as to what to do. Here. But the, then the guy couldn't get away. So I think the dog wanted his owner to go to prison. Oh, because he was maybe mm-hmm. abusive? I don't know. The dog was know. hanging so close to him, it seemed like he didn't know what else to do. No, this the, is who takes care of me. The oh. dog said, take him. I got him. So do we know what happened to the dog, Ken? Did, did don't know. The police uh, eventually took it by the leash and went willingly with them, and I don't know what they did with it. So that story just kind of went. <laughs> but was... we got this one for you. And, you know, we're going to finish out the hour with, oddly enough, chef stories. There is a popular L.A. restaurant, and of course, there's lots of them. It's called Horses. I hope that's not what they serve. Uh. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I did, too. Are you going into a restaurant called Horses? Uh, it was opened in 2021 to much fanfare, and it's a husband and wife chef team. Well, here we are in 2023, and things have taken an ugly turn. They're in divorce proceedings. And, of course, one's accusing the other of assault. That happens all the time, right? She wants yeah. a domestic violence restraining order against the husband, 
But Deborah Mark, the real twist to this story is she's also accusing him of being a serial cat killer. <gasps> yeah. I got the gas. Good noise. <laughs> you save that one, Eric? A serial cat yeah, killer? Oh, yeah. Uh, it says I would here, do more than want to divorce the guy. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Johnson. His name is Will Aghajanian. Together, they opened this restaurant. In a court filing, she wrote, Will and I have had cats that mysteriously ended up dying, including one in 2017, who I took to a shelter when she became seriously wounded overnight. The shelter told me she'd already been seriously abused, but Will denies it. I believed him. Then last month, we were given another kitten. She alleges he joked about feeding the kitten to coyotes and said he just didn't like the cat. Eventually, she says she witnessed him hurting the cat. Oh, no. <gasps> That's on top of him. I caught Will violently shaking the cat late at night, and he died the next day. Oh, my Will God. Will put the dead cat in the trash and insisted on keeping the corpse in the house. <gasps> I don't know if I want to eat food at this restaurant, huh? What the <laughs> heck is wrong Sorry. with this guy? Well, if, uh... Will gets in a bad mood. What's uh, what's uh, what's for dinner? She's claiming his mental and psychological abuse kept her from realizing what he was doing to the animal sooner. Now, in a twist to the story, I think it's a twist. The guy's mother, not her mother, his mother, her name is Amanda Weathersby, said in a declaration the couple had a series of kittens that died when they lived in New York City. See, this is not right. good. That's why I use the word serial cat How killer. long did it take for the wife to catch on? Because, <laughs> I, I mean... We had a cat that lasted 19 years. You did, yes, despite your abuse. My my <laughs> wife, <laughs> my wife's other cat she had as a kid lasted 21 years. There are well, you know what he wrote in a statement: "I love cats, comma mice, okay, and every other animal under God slash Allah, whatever each religion calls him her, and I've loved all oh. animals since I was a child." But he sounds like a nut, doesn't he? I have problems killing lobster and usually try to do it in the most humane way possible. Because he's a chef. That was his statement. <laughs> I, have, I have problems killing lobster. I have problems killing lobster. That's a, that's a strange response. So do we know if he cooked any of the cats that he killed? That's what I'm wondering here. The, the restaurant's called Horses, so... I'm, and it's called Horses. Uh, well, now she also claims physical abuse, that uh, he dragged her by the legs across the floor while she screamed and attempted to resist. So all this is about restraining order, divorce, but... <laughs> says in the story they still kind of both come in the restaurant sometimes and they're supposed to stay apart from each other. But one day he came in and the staff walked out. So I well, guess they're kind of taking her side. He also, uh, she also requested in court that he stay away 100 yards away from their dogs. Oh, dogs too? Poncho, Javi, and Spud. Yeah, there's a restraining order to keep him wow. away from the dogs. A house of animals. But yeah. he loves animals. He doesn't even want to... Heard a kill, lot. kill a lobster he has to do it humanely. He also said she falsely accuses me of things that she has done or she threatened to do to me and my pets. My pets are like children to me. I love them dearly. I am fearful of her since I am the victim of her long-term abuse. So this is why, and John and I have said this for years, you do not want to be like a family court judge or a divorce court judge because... It just gets ugly, and yeah. everybody, accusations fly. Yeah, but you and, can kind of tell who the nut is and who's telling the truth. He said that she repeatedly threatened to kill him and burned him at least twice with a metal spatula and a spoon that she placed in a fryer. <laughs> it's a very toxic relationship. Wow. <laughs>
Man, would they would they do this while serving at the restaurant? Because I'd go there just to watch this. A show. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I don't know whether this happened at the restaurant or happened at home. There's a photo of them in 2019 or 2021 when they opened the restaurant, and uh, they look fine there in the big, all-new modern kitchen. Yeah, what's that uh, cliche? In happier times. In, yes, in happier times. Um, uh, well. Yeah, well, horses issued a statement at the restaurant. Uh, Will has been on a leave of absence from horses as of November 2022. And we have never served. He's not been involved in the day-to-day operations. We've never served a single cat. She's still there and still leading the restaurant. That's right. (laughs) Well, welcome back, Deborah. Thank you, Ken. I surely missed your animal story. Yeah. No, and thanks for the gasp. (laughs) That that was worth it. All right. uh, We got the other chef story when we return. (gasps) Thanks. Right, no, no. Thankfully, it does not involve the wounding or maiming of any animals. <laughs> you are so dramatic. <laughs> That's why it's worth keeping these. Nothing is underplayed. And I'll bet if we find out he really did kill the cat, you're going to want to do that <laughs> on top of him. And throw him oh, in the yeah. Dumpster. You know what? Can we go do a live remote outside, wherever he is, and I'll give him a piece of my. <laughs> 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 Might want to wipe show. down that microphone before you <laughs> That sounds pretty spitty. <laughs> You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio one until four after four o'clock. You can hear the show as a podcast, John and Ken On Demand, and uh, catch up on anything you missed. All right, well, we're talking about chefs. We just talked about this couple that owns a restaurant in L.A. called Horses that are going through a, what's the word, an acrimonious uh, divorce wow. with all sorts of physical uh, abuse allegations and against each other and then uh, dead the, cats. The wife is accusing the husband of being a serial cat murderer. Yeah. And uh, That's... the part that bothered me is that his mother had said that, well, they had cats that died when they lived in the yeah. East Coast. And, uh, kittens. Or Suppose this was a lifelong thing. Imagine that. Now we come back to California where things are always about uh, getting rid of anything that has any connection to the environment. And that, of course, of, uh, deals with fossil fuels and natural gas. And the big thing now is to ban the use of gas stoves. So in some places in the Bay Area, including Palo Alto, you cannot put in natural gas connections into new building construction. They passed that a while back. Which brings us to chefs. You'll hear many expert chefs who say that in the kitchen, cooking with gas is the way to make the food taste better. That's just the way it is. So we have one pretty high-level celebrity chef, even I've heard of him, Jose Andres, who apparently uh, was pretty worked up. He was going to sue Palo Alto because he agreed to open a restaurant there in 2019. Simon Property Group originally applied to build his restaurant in 2019, got local approvals, and then the city council revised the building code, which required. Which would. Uh, the work- developer installed the gas line to the building before city officials instructed that the building would have to be updated to the new code. Well, Andres said, no way. Then I will not open that restaurant, and perhaps we will sue because we had an agreement. And now you're changing something that's very important to the success of the restaurant, which is cooking with gas. So the update is uh, they bowed. They're going to give him an exemption for this <laughs> restaurant called Zetina. Uh 
He said Zaytinia would be forced to alter its signature five-star menu, which it is unwilling to do. Zaytinia cannot compromise the caliber of its cuisine and reputation. Now, if we cannot provide gas in the building. They will likely choose not to locate within the city. This would be an unfortunate loss then, for the residents what? of Palo Alto. This is what's got to happen. All right. All, the, all these jackals with their stupid jackals. no gas stove uh, uh, rules. It's like restaurants will just move somewhere else. And then all these rich, white, woke people will have nowhere to eat. Or they're going to have to drive a long distance to eat. Starve them, I say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're a bunch they... of bullies. They're hysterical bullies. Gas stoves don't harm the climate at all. It is completely, utterly false. It is right. just and part we covered of their... this last time. We said what they tried to do was make it a health issue that the gas could kill but, you in the kitchen. But what? To, and that's also an exaggeration. The way you phrased that, though, they tried to make it a health issue. Because, they did. It, because, it, didn't, it didn't fly. Because people thought it was an absurd restriction, and so they said, well, this might be killing you. It might be killing your children and your cats. You know, they went right well, to people some... do commit suicide that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stick your head in the gas oven. <laughs> so the, see, that's the thing is, when, when, it, this doesn't fly logically. Everybody knows gas stoves are not harming the climate. That's no, just open a window and it's not killing people. It's right. not killing anybody. And there's no research that says it does. And if they claim it, it's, they, it's because they faked the research. So much of this research is fake nonsense. It, you, you, know what, you know what I realize? This may sound like an odd comparison, but just, just go with me a second. You remember when, the, when we had the Michael Ferguson uh, a, a six, yeah. no, it was Ferguson, Missouri. It was Michael, Michael Brown. Brown got killed yes. by the police officer. Yes. And they said the cop murdered him. And all the activists and all the cable channels was, said uh, cop right. murdered Hands him. Hands up, don't shoot. Uh, that's right. And then, and then Obama's Justice Department came out and said, well, that's not true. Uh, that, that Michael Brown rushed the cop and it was self-defense. And I remember reading and seeing some of these activists saying, well, maybe uh, maybe that story wasn't true, but it, 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 it's serving a larger truth. And that's oh, the mentality here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Maybe gas stoves aren't killing anybody, but there's a larger truth about the burning of fossil fuels. And so what they want to do is incrementally, little by little, Take away your rights and your freedoms. You can't cook by gas. Why? Because people are dying. Well, show me the bodies. Well, we don't have them. Show me the research. Oh, well, wait, we got we got to fake the research. But it's to serve a larger movement here, a religion. They're trying to do this in the name of their 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 their, their goddess Earth yeah. that they're worshiping now. And and that and that gas from a gas stove is harming goddess Earth. This is a pagan religion, a primitive pagan religion from thousands of years ago that is undergoing a rebirth. But now it has a cover of science. So Palo Alto wanted to make it clear this is just a one-time thing for this one restaurant. Because now people are wondering, well, what if I also agreed to open up a restaurant and I wanted to use gas or a building? I signed a deal to, you know, to build a building and I want to use gas in the building. And they're saying, well... They're just giving him this exception because this is a world-renowned yeah. chef. They didn't want it to this story to look bad. Yeah, and you know, but uh, even if you're not a world-renowned chef, you got you should have the right to to cook with gas. And even if you're just living in a in a cheap apartment, you should have the right to cook with gas. And you just got to move out of these crazy cities. Look, look, people people are getting fed up, and they're moving out of out of states and cities that are too onerous, that are too bullying. 
and, got- and that trend just has to continue. Just tell them to go stick it. You're not going to have your restaurant in their town. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.